Hello and welcome to the B-Movie Podcast, the podcast where we watch B-Movies. You know those $5 bins straight to DVD. Who are these actors and why do they make this kind of B-Movies? Every episode we watch a bad film. We summarize it, review it, grade it with a B plus, a B, or a B minus, and then we answer the absolutely needless question that nobody asked. Is this better or worse than the B-Movie with Jerry Seinfeld? This week, I have my good friend Chuck joining me. Chuck, welcome to the B-Movie Podcast. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And Chuck, what movie have we picked out for this episode? (laughs) It is 2001 Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish, a Disney Channel original movie. But before we get to unpacking this absolutely chaotic energy... um, patriotic ploy of a film, uh, let me tell you a bit about where you can find us. So if you want to find the B-Movie Podcast, you can follow us on any sort of podcast platform that you can find. If you like the show and would like to have new episodes in your feed to download immediately, do us a favor and subscribe. If you really like the podcast, you can go ahead and leave a review. And if you leave a five-star review, I will read it on air. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, you can find us at the B Movie Podcast. That's the letter B. You can find us on Twitter at the B Movie Pod. That's the letter B. And you can find us on Instagram at the B Movie Podcast. Either way, we love interacting with fans, and we hope you'll drop by and follow us, like, comment, and subscribe, and leave us a review. Now we have to get to um, the crux of this episode. And Chuck, originally I thought this episode would be kind of easy, you know, kind of topical, and it would be interesting for St. Patrick's Day, right? St. Patrick's Day is March 17th, and, uh, you know, everyone loves to drink the green beers, and they love to go out and have a good time and celebrate Kiss Me, I'm Irish, you know. Anyone with Irish heritage will love St. Patty's Day, or typically, that's what we're led to believe stereotypically. So I thought that Luck of the Irish would be a nice, easy film for the podcast. And boy, boy oh, was I ever wrong. Right, Chuck? Like, woof. Am I right? Exactly. This film, I do not remember it very well. So I made this point, and, and my wife made this point. This was a film that we saw when we were kids. You know, it came out in 2001. I was probably in the second or third grade. I remember seeing this film. You know, I know you're a bit older than I am, but, you know, this is a film that does not, I don't think, stands up to the test of time. It's very interesting. It has a lot of messages, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, definitely. It has a lot of, a lot of messages that I don't think it would pass today, but, I mean. Uh, Yeah, that's definitely a question we're going to have to dissect and discuss later. Would this film pass muster today? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, there, We have got to dive into this. So without any further ado, um, why don't we dive into the summary of this film? So Chuck, how does this film open? So it opens in the weirdest way possible. As you're thinking, okay, this is a movie about Irish people, it opens up with 
people sitting in an auditorium, but they're like the camera angle is a very artsy angle right. about people's eyes and different ethnicities. Yes. So the establishing shot is there are pretty much everyone is represented in this film. Exactly. Okay. Like every race, creed, yes. everything. Because it opens with Kyle Johnson having a nightmare about Heritage Day. And why is he having a nightmare, Chuck? I don't think he's prepared because he doesn't know anything about his heritage. Right. He is a man without a country, seemingly. You know, he's a Jason Bourne. Because every time he brings up the question of his heritage, what happens, Chuck? His parents act incredibly weird and robotic. Super weird. Like, I can't even begin to explain. The first 20 minutes of this of this movie are, like, straight out of, could be, straight out of Dateline. It's know? a lifetime nightmare movie. It is a lifetime nightmare movie. We're not even kidding, guys. If you haven't watched this film in a while, go watch it. Because it opens with this nightmare of Heritage Day. And then we begin to learn a little bit about Kyle. And what do we learn about Kyle? Chuck. He's just really lucky. Super can lucky. Do anything. Uh, He's a great basketball player, at, right? Like can pass a test without ever studying. Right. Or Doesn't have to look at the yep. questions. Just picks the answers. He's always finding money. Finding money on the right? side of the road. Yeah. Right. And it, everyone knows it. Everyone knows that Kyle Johnson is the luckiest guy in school, right? And so we're all watching and going, oh, of course, Kyle Johnson. But the thing is, is that we don't really know Kyle Johnson's heritage. We as the audience are kept in the dark with Kyle. But when he brings it up to his parents, his parents act super suspect. What What are some ways they act suspect, Chuck? So his dad is like... Obsessed with Cleveland? Yeah, obsessed with being from Cleveland. Super Who weird. In world, who in the world is ever obsessed with Ohio okay. number one or okay. Cleveland? Drew Carey, all right? Because, and I know B-Movie Podcast okay. listeners, you probably like the Drew Carey show, okay? The uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, is yes. it not? Yes. Okay. Cleveland is a, a place that has some heritage, and people from Cleveland love to point out they're from Cleveland. They love their hometown. They have hometown pride about where they're from. So it's not crazy that that's featured in this film, considering that the whole film kind of revolves around Kyle's heritage. So Kyle cannot get a straight answer out of his parents because his dad keeps saying he's from Cleveland, but when he presses his mom about where his mom is from, what does she tell him? She doesn't answer. She right. starts to just kind of, I guess, kind of sidetrack and right. kind of deflect into something uh -huh. else. And she deflects into the fact that we are American. Right? Exactly. We're not anything. We're Americans. And why would we need to know anything else? I found that to be kind of a weird bit of almost propaganda in a way. And it right? kept playing through the whole the movie. movie. The whole to movie. the end. To the end. We're going to get there. Which we'll get, we're gonna Don't get, get too excited. Yes. So Kyle can't get a straight answer out of his parents. So he goes to school. And his, his little love interest, and I feel bad for not knowing her name, Miss Lopez, that's what her, her name is, mm -hmm. Lopez. Um, she is an individual who we think is Hispanic and African-American. But she keeps grilling Kyle, you know, what are you going to do for Heritage Day? And Kyle doesn't know, does he? No, he actually gets on a computer to search his last name. Right. What kind of computer, Chuck? He gets on an old uh, Mac computer. Yes, like an like Apple II. Yeah, you that know. you can see through the back. They yes. have different colors. Yes, yes. What was with the 90s? That. Yeah, the 90s and early 2000s had this weird thing with 
translucent plastics. I had a Game Boy that was purple, but it was translucent plastic, uh-huh. so you could see all of the electronic guts of the Game Boy, uh-huh. and it was dope. Like, it was really, really cool. But for some reason, that was a style back then. But Kyle's trying to figure out where he's from. He wants to have an answer for this gal, right? And he wants to know a little bit about his heritage, but things are happening. So on the off chance, um, he begins to grill his parents. You know, like, what is, what, who are we? Where are we from? And they dodge at first until one morning his mom wakes up and is cooking in the kitchen. But what's she cooking, Chuck? Oh, she's cooking a whole bunch of bacon, 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 and eggs. Eggs. So she—they're hen's eggs. Uh huh. And she makes um black and white sausage. Black and white pudding, as she calls it. it But it's it's pork Pork sausage sausage and blood sausage. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Very clearly Irish thing. Yes. Right. And so she says to Kyle, "Our heritage is of Irish heritage." Yes. And I didn't tell you. Because I didn't want you to have to suffer what people said about the Irish when they first moved to America. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this weird, Chuck? It's weird because, really, it's not a factor anymore. Right. What she's talking about is, like, from the 1910s and mm-hmm. 20s and 30s. Yep. This is 2001. Yep. Like, why would she be, why would she be concerned about this? Unless... There's an issue. Unless there's more to the story that she's not telling. There is more to the story. Right? So Kyle goes on, and eventually, <laughs> since he knows he's Irish now, he does the first thing that any self-respecting lad would do, trying to learn about his heritage, right? What does he do, Chuck? <laughs> he goes to a carnival. Not a carnival. Well, not really a fair. A festival, a festival. right? It a had fair. rides. It had a Ferris wheel. It had the book. And that hammerhead, that hammerhead thing that yes. they do, right? But they were also selling things, and they had presentations and and dances, you know. But this was very clearly an Irish festival. That's that's rather convenient, isn't it? Wouldn't and, you say so? And they had a book about everything you ever wanted to know about. Being an Irish person. But was too afraid to ask. But was too afraid right. to ask, which was right. the title. Perfect, perfect book for Kyle, right? Exactly. Obviously. Which he bought one. Well, he bought one, but he also came across two strange characters, right? Exactly. The first strange character was this old man mm-hmm. in a three-piece suit. And what did he kind of say to Kyle? He was talking about one thing in particular. Uh, his shoes. His he asked shoes. Him if he made his shoes. He asked him if he what, Chuck? If he made his shoes. If he made his shoes. Yep, if he made his shoes. And he, like, tapped on. Of course, Kyle is wearing a pair of sneakers. Right, because he's shoes. a basketball player. Yes, he's and they a say, these player. are basketball shoes, old man. We buy them at the store. And so he taps on them with his cane, uh-huh. his old Irish cane. Uh-huh. And he shows him his shoes, right? Yep. What are his shoes made out of? Well, his shoes are made out of a type of Irish leather. Genuine Irish leather. Which comes from where? I have no idea. And I don't, apparently Ireland, right? It is tanned and leathered in Ireland, apparently. And his sock has got a Celtic knot on it. They're green, have a golden Celtic knot. And the bottom of the shoes have a slick-looking black snake Very on slick black snake, okay? This is strange. You've never seen shoes quite like this. So this man kind of um, 
badgers Kyle and his friend, uh, who I think it's important to notice that this friend is African American. Okay, they're on the basketball team together. Yes. There's several allusions to this. We're going to bring this up later, but it matters a little bit. Okay, so they're at this fair. This guy is kind of badgering Kyle. And all of a sudden, he throws up a handful of change in the air. Yep, quarters. And says, uh, some spuds for these boys. And then the quarters come down, and how do they land? They land exactly flat on each other, as if you were going to put them in a roll. Wow. The luck that must have taken to throw a handful of quarters up in the air mm-hmm. and have them land directly in a straight which is uh, an allusion to the title of the movie. Well, that's pretty lucky, Chuck. I would say that's fairly lucky. So after they meet this old man at the snack stand, they notice that uh, the, this place is selling lucky charms. Yep. Much like what Kyle wears around his neck. But what's the difference, Chuck? The difference is they're different metal. Kyle's metal. is a golden piece of right. uh, pure gold. Piece. Golden coin. Yep. And all these other ones, they're just, you know, iron with, with gold paint on them. Yes. You know, they're, they're not really lucky. But they stop and watch some step dancers, right? Some uh, traditional Irish step dancing. Yes. Some river stomp, if you will. And there's the saint of the step. Now, what would you say the saint of the step is like, Chuck? He looks pretty mean looking. I mean, in that scene, he came out with this really green, like, silk shirt. It's like if pants. It's like if a pirate were Irish, right? It's like some guys that dress today. Yeah, almost. A little almost. bit. But Without the pirate shirt. He's peacocking, clearly. Definitely peacocking. He is trying to say, hey, look at me, world. Yep. Look what I can do. I am the saint of the step. And he walks about the crowd. And what is he doing when he's walking in the crowd? He's touching different individuals. Kind of scarred. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost sexual harassment. It's a little strange. It is a little strange. It made um, my eyebrow arch and go. I mean, did they sign a waiver before they came and watched know. him? I don't know. But he definitely touched them, and they right. started dancing out and of nowhere. Then, right, which makes you kind of wonder, um, what is this saint of the step really about? Because he gets up there. And all of his backup dancers, it's a really great dance number, mm-hmm. and, and he is up there river stomping with them. But what happened to Kyle? Kyle starts dancing, too. And can he help it? He cannot help no, it. No, it's like it's in his blood. Exactly. You know? It's like something has happened to him. So the plot is ever-thickening as Kyle goes home. But after he goes to the fair, he has a day unlike any other day in his life. And why is this day different, Chuck? It is what he calls, according to the movie, his most unluckiest day that he's ever had in his life. Right. We've already established that Kyle is lucky. He finds money on the ground. He always gets the test answers right. He never shows up late for school. Like, he he is just a lucky guy. He makes the shot. Uh, at the very last second, that gets them to the state semifinals, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really lucky. Yes. Well, now he's having a very bad day because he wakes up and he goes to remove his good luck charm from one of his basketball trophies. And what happens? The trophy falls on his foot. It falls on his foot. foot. Hurts his foot. He's walking to school. And all of a sudden, he finds a dollar on the ground, just like he always does. But what happens at that point? He leans down to pick it up, and about that time, there's a puddle in the road, and a car hits the puddle, right. and he drops the dollar, and it goes into the drain. So he gets soaked. 
and now he loses his dollar. Well, to add insult to injury, he was sent to school with a pale lunch, wasn't he? Yes. What and kind of pale lunch? Mom made him like a bucket lunch full of something. I don't even know what it was. It, it was like not corned beef and cabbage. I thought it was like some kind of chicken hen I have or no Cornish hen with something else. Regardless, it was not. It was very traditional, and it was very like what you would find in the old country. Exactly. Okay. It was not put in Tupperware. And smelled bad. There was no lid. No. Right? This was not with an ice pack. This was literally hot food in a bucket. With a that, piece of paper on with top. With a piece of paper on top. Wax paper. Was it even wax paper? It was wax paper. That he's carrying to school. So he gets he gets drenched by this car with the dollar. Then he gets to school. Well, what's happening? He noticed that he's not quite feeling as... um. As tall as normal, right? He's starting to shrink down. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. He goes and he takes a drink out of a water fountain. And it does what? And it pours on his crotch. Oh, my gosh. And makes it look like he peed his pants. He's peed himself. Okay. So then he tries to hit on one of the girls that shares a locker near him. And how's that work out? And she looks down at his pants and goes, well, he's not... But she goes the opposite of Happy Gilmore. Right. Or Billy Madison. Right. Billy Madison. Billy right. Madison. And she does not think he's cool. No, not at all. She blows him off for somebody else. So this kid cannot catch a break. Well, then he goes to practice, right? Basketball. That's his thing. Yep. And what happens? He is supposed... So he plays through basketball. And at the very end, his coach says, Hey, every single person here needs to make ten free throws. How hard is that? Not very hard, but let me establish this. I am not an athlete. I went out for one open gym in sixth grade because all the cool kids played basketball. And therefore, if I played basketball, ergo facto, I'd be cool. All right, this is airtight logic for a sixth grader. Well, they gave us all a ball. Pretty sound. They told us to dribble in place. And I found out I was not very good at that. Okay, I could not keep the ball at a steady rhythm. It was all up and down. I couldn't get quite the distance right. And then they said, run to the end of the court and back. Well, I wasn't very good at dribbling. So I took one step, bounced the ball off of my shoe, and watched it roll away from me. I went over to the coach and said, coach, uh, I don't think this is for me. And he said, I understand. And that was the day that I went and joined the chess club, Chuck. And that's an honest-to-goodness true story. Here's the thing. Kyle is not Jeremiah. Kyle is the man. He's the luckiest guy on the basketball team. But now, as fate should have it, he can't even make a free throw. Exactly. His friend makes his last free throw and says, do you want me to go home? How many do you still have to make? And he says, what? Ten. Ten. I have ten. He hasn't made a single free throw. Chuck, I can make a free throw. I'm not an athlete. Right? Yeah. And he's having a problem. Well, it's not going to get any better because he goes to the game, and what happens? He screws up more imaginably than you can ever think. He is sucking it up hardcore. Yeah. Like, he's the worst player on the People world. start to boo him because it's so bad. And when they take him off the, the courts, right, and put him on the bench, this other guy, what's his name, Drake? Drake. Drake Comes carries in. the team. Yes. Carries Michael the team. Jordan's himself. Right. Wins the game. They're going to state. Yes. 
Well, Kyle cannot have this. Kyle has had a terrible day. And Kyle needs to know what's going on, right? So the next day, he wakes up and he realizes that he is definitely shorter, right? How does he know this? He looks into his mirror. Well, every morning he gets up and he goes to that trophy to get his uh, like, good, luck good luck charm to put it on because it's on, on a necklace. And when he stands there and looks into the mirror, he's not as tall and he no. can't see over the dresser near right. as much as he used to. Yeah. Right. And his pants aren't fitting him. His pants are coming down and he has several, uh, inches. Yeah, several inches. Several inches he needs to roll up. Clearly something's happening to Colin. Well, he grabs his good luck charm, he makes his way to school, and he asks his friend, do you think people will care that I did so bad last night? His friend is, is a good friend. He's really trying to say, you know what, you had an off day. Everyone has an off day. I think the school will forgive you, right? Wrong. Exactly. Wrong. So wrong. Everyone cannot help but dogpile on Kyle. Exactly. The, the jocks are making fun of him. The nerds are making fun of him. The cheerleaders are making fun of him. Nobody cares about Kyle anymore. Even the team mascot. Even the team mascot, which who are the never, soaring eagles. Okay? Who never takes off his face. Never. Head. Never takes off his face. It's like Disneyland rules, right? We never see him without his head. And if, he, if we did, he'd be fired immediately, right? Everyone doesn't like Kyle anymore because he's sucking it up. Well, Kyle's had it. He needs to figure this out. Well, he comes home after this terrible day and realizes something's afoot because not only has he had a terrible day, not only have people made fun of him for his performance last night, what's happening to Kyle's hair, Chuck? Uh, he has frosted tips. Right. But not, was... but not blonde frosted tips. What color is it? They're like orangish red. Like They're more orange. fire truck red. Yeah, fire okay. truck red. This kid's hair is going red. And what's happening to his ears? His ears start to point like a Vulcan. Uh-huh. And he noticed that he is now what? Shorter. Than his best friend. Exactly. Right? Something weird is happening to Kyle. So he books it home. And when he gets home, what does he find, Chuck? He walks in the door and he walks into the kitchen. And he sees his mom, which would take me by surprise. His mom is like a foot tall, standing not even. on the counter, like four that. inches. Like yeah, maybe right? six inches. Yes, she is. She's tiny. She is the definition of little people, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what people call leprechauns in Ireland, or at least the film leads us to. So he comes home and says, "What is happening to me?" And his parents, who have already so far avoided the topic of his heritage, finally have to come clean. So his mom reveals the big secret, which is what? They are indeed leprechauns. I'm sorry, Chuck. It sounded like you said his mom said that they are leprechauns. They are leprechauns. Oh, they're leprechauns. Yes. Okay. And where is his dad from? His dad is still from Cleveland. Cleveland. Right, Lake Erie, which that'll come up later. Okay, no spoilers. But uh, this is a little messed up because we find out not only is his mom a leprechaun, his mom has shrunken down to apparently leprechaun size. I didn't know that they had a size. I have no idea what the deal is. It's never really explained, but she's tiny, right? And she explains that this has to be some kind of allergic reaction, that something is wrong because, you know, we couldn't have this bad of luck. Not as long as Kyle has the golden coin, 
which is the luck of the clan O'Reilly. Yes. So to establish this, this film begins like a Dateline episode. You don't know where Kyle is from. They're avoiding the topic. You find out his dad changed his name. Weird things are afoot, but you realize that it's all a bid to help Kyle live an ordinary life. Indeed. Well, now we know that Kyle has lost his lucky charm. And how do we know he's lost it, Chuck? Because of all the changes that are happening around him. Mm -hmm. And he has become unlucky. Okay. But when he was in science class, they had a very important lesson in magnetism. And they said there's three metals that are magnetic. Do you remember them, Chuck? One of them is iron. iron bronze, uh, and nickel? No, not no. bronze. Nickel was nickel the other was one. one. Iron, nickel, and something else. We obviously copper. Don't the copper. Maybe. Copper. I, I think so. Copper. No, copper's not magnetic, is it? Are pennies magnetic? Steel is just a mixture of iron and things. Look, we weren't paying attention. Regardless, his, his necklace is magnetic. We know that gold is not magnetic, right? So someone has switched his good luck charm. Well, who was touching on people in the crowd earlier at the festival? The saint of the step, right? Exactly, the creepy this, guy. This Seamus person. Seamus, Seamus Tinnigan. Finnegan. Finnegan. Leginnigan. Look, Leginigan. it is obviously a very Irish name. Yeah. Okay, Seamus is his first thing. Well, Seamus was touching on everybody in the crowd. So now we realize that someone has stolen his lucky charm. Well, his mom believes that it's not Seamus, the saint of the step, even though that's what Kyle says early on. Right, exactly. She believes it's whom? She believes it's her father. Kyle's granda. His granda. Who happens. Not his grandfather his or granda. his granddad. His granda. So why do they think it's his granda, Chuck? Because he wants to spite her because she married someone who wasn't a leprechaun. She married outside of the little people, Chuck. Yes. Right? Okay, you've got to bear with us. This is a very weird film. There are a lot of messages flying around in this film. We're going to get to them, I assure you, in our review. Okay? But... She thinks it's the granddad. So what do they do? They have to find the granddad. Well, it's very advantageous because the granddad has just, just opened. So happens to have a potato chip factory. A potato chip factory. The head of the leprechaun. Oh, potato chips. Has a potato chip and factory. And the potato chip factory is called the Emerald, Emerald Isle Potato Chip Company. Because in the 1800s, he we created... find out that a chef... Yes. Had cut the potatoes too thin and found out they were crispy when they fried them. Mm -hmm. Well, we find out later that this is Kyle's granda, Mr. O'Reilly. Yes. Well, apparently there's been a grudge because his mother married outside the little people. Well, they go on this uh, adventure to try to get to his granddad. They can't get in. They throw them out. So Kyle joins the tour of the potato chip factory. Uh, runs, sets off on this chase, finds out his girlfriend is on this tour because she's a part of this leadership club. You know, this, this, we're going to go somewhere where I forget what they call it. You I don't know remember. They call it? But it's, it's like a future business leaders of America. You yes, know, it's FBLA. something that, that we're achieving something. We're the young achievers. That is what it's is called. It young, young achievers. achievers yeah. Young achievers. So the, she's a part of young achievers, which are going on this potato chip factory tour. Well, 
um, they have to run from security because they find out there's an intruder among the tour people because the guard notices that Kyle has snuck into the tour. Mm -hmm. So they run away, and there's a bunch of people in this factory. They pass like 30 million people on their way to try to get rid of the security guards. And Kyle get, jumps down this chute, right? Yes. I kind of thought this would be a Veruca Salt moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought the Oompa Loompa... Or the, well, right. the leprechauns were going to come right. out and start dancing. Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo. Yeah. The, the Kyle was going to meet a Willy Wonka, and, well, as it turns out, he was just going down a chute of pre-cut potato chips ready for the fryer. And he even says, I thought I was baked when he, when he gets out of the, the, the tub. Well, who should be standing there but Mr. O'Reilly, the owner of the Emerald Iro Potato Chip Factory. And his grandfather. And his grandfather. So he says, boys, we better not make this one because I think it's my grandson. So Mr. O'Reilly reveals that, yes, he's his grandfather. And he had this problem because his mother married outside of the little people. Well, Kyle is trying to tell him, look, we have lost our luck, granddad. We don't have our luck anymore. Our luck is gone. And the granddad realizes that, oh, it's Seamus, the saint of the steps, because he's trying to steal all the leprechaun's gold. So they have to figure out how they can stop Seamus. So they get in their car, and they try to track down his RV. It doesn't go very well for them, because what happens? He blows a tire. Blows a tire, yeah. right? The granddad blows a tire. Well, first, uh, uh, Kyle's dad's car won't start. The minivan won't start. So they take his granddad's car, which is a what, Chuck? It's a green, I want to say Cadillac. Like an Irish green. Irish green. Cadillac yeah. soft top convertible. Like if you could take Irish spring. Yes. The soap, the if color is Elvis soap. were Irish, this is the Cadillac you yes. would have had. Right? That's exactly how to explain it. Yes. Okay? So Grandpa's rolling around in style, but they get a flat tire. Well, of course we could just put on the spare, except for what, Chuck? There is no spare because Why isn't there a spare? lucky the whole time. He's lucky. He Why he, would we need a spare when we put all the luck of the Irish on yeah. our side? He, but he has plenty of shoes. So dumb. In the trunk. Right. So the love interest, Miss Lopez, yes. says, you know, it could be worse. Well, as she says these prophetic words, it begins to do what, Chuck? It rains. It rains. <laughs> it pours on these poor people sitting in this Cadillac. They're going to give up. Seamus has stole their luck of the O'Reilly clan. There's no way they're going to get it back. So we might as well give up. But Miss Lopez makes a very good point. Luck is where, Chuck? Luck is really is non-existent it's right. more about it's inside of us you. yeah it's, it's inside confidence. of us it's confidence and she says, that's right she says everyone has bad luck now and again we're human we have good luck and we have bad luck we have good circumstances and bad circumstances and really she's trying to make the point that the circumstances are what you make of them mm -hmm. and that's what makes us so awesome in this country America, as more Americans, right? This was a. I'm telling you, there's so many messages. But as an American, we make our own destiny. And so, as she says this, the rain clears up, and what do they see, Chuck? They see a rainbow. Oh, they see a rainbow, and what do we know about rainbows and well, leprechauns? At the very end of the rainbow is a pot of gold. A and pot of gold. There should be a I leprechaun. So, yes, you're going to find a leprechaun with a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So they follow the rainbow, and what do they find? 
they find a restaurant, and next to the restaurant mm-hmm. is an RV that they've been an looking RV. for. Seamus's RV. And in Seamus's RV is a safe. There's a pot of gold inside the gold. safe of all the leprechaun's lucky charms in America. This guy is doing some sort of weird, like, xenophobic thing where he is collecting all of the leprechaun clan's luck in America so that he can be the king of the leprechauns. Back in Ireland. Back in Ireland, right? This is kind of a weird premise. Again, there's a lot of messages flying around this film. But this guy wants to be the king of leprechauns. And so they get into trouble because they get into the RV and they get his lucky coin back. Well, the granddad says, Kyle, you got to seize the opportunity. When there's a pot of gold in front of you, you take it and you run with it, Kyle. Exactly. we got to run with this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. How do you think leprechauns get their pots of gold, Kyle? Well, Kyle says, no, it's wrong. This is our gold piece, but these rest of them, they don't belong to us. We can't take them. That doesn't make us any better than the thief. Well, it's too late, because Seamus realizes that someone's after his pot of gold and catches them. Well, the good news is, is that he has an Achilles heel. There's something he just can't resist, and what might that be, Chuck? He can't resist, because he's a... What is it, a fair Dagon? A fair Dagon or yeah. something like that. And a type of leprechaun who is evil. Yes. Right? And he cannot resist what? A bet. A bet. A good bet. Well, you play a pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul will think I'm better than you. This is straight out of the devil and down to Georgia. This guy cannot pass up an opportunity to put someone in their place. So Kyle decides that he's going to bet, I can beat you at sports. And if I beat you with sports, you've got to give my lucky coin back and let my granddad go. The guy says, all right, I'll give you your lucky coin back and think about letting your granddad go. So they start competing in sports. But what's the problem, Chuck? Well, he doesn't specify the sport. And so it's the old Irish sport of, like, rock throwing and wheel tossing. Right. So there's... Curling, which which is... Which is kind of like lacrosse, I guess? I would say field hockey, because it looks like a field hockey club. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with what hurling is. So then they throw a boulder. Then they throw a boulder, which Kyle can't lift. So Kyle wins at hurling. Seamus wins at the boulder throw. Then Seamus wins at the chariot wheel toss. Then what's the next sport after that? Oh, man. I forgot what that one was. Uh, It looked like Gaelic football. Something like that. Yeah, they were throwing it through a field goal. Yeah. And so he got it through the... It's like football meets soccer. Something Gaelic in, in, in nature. And then the last one is what? Dancing. Dancing. No, there's spear throwing. No, spear throwing. Right? And then there's dancing. dancing. Well, at the end of all of this competition, they are what? Tied. They're tied. So Seamus comes to Kyle and says, Kyle, you got to be giving up that lucky charm, my boy. You said you could beat me in sport, and a tie does not mean you've won. Well, Kyle needs to think quick on his feet, so what does he do? He makes another bet. Right. Double or nothing, kid. Let, let me tell you, I'm going to double down. So what's the bet that he makes with Seamus this time? He tells him if he can beat him at basketball, then he gets mm-hmm. his lucky charm and his granddad back. If right. not, then he will be Seamus' slave right. forever. So he bets that he can beat him without the luck of the clan O'Reilly. Right. He, he says, I can do it myself. If I can beat you, 
then you have to give me my granddad back. You have to give us our luck back. And, and you have to live on the shores of Lake Erie, where my father is from, until the end of time. So the, the Seamus accepts, and as they shake hands, they are magically transported to what? The finals, the state finals, mm-hmm. I guess is what it would be called. Right. The state finals basketball game. And how long is there to go on the clock, Chuck? Three minutes. And what's the score at? Tied. Yeah, at 62 versus 62. So they show up, and all of a sudden the coach is like, where the heck have you guys been? They said, doesn't matter, we're here now. And so they put them in, and they've got to play. Well, as they're playing, Seamus is there. And Kyle says to the ref as they're, they're giving the tip off, he says, isn't this guy a little old to be a junior hire? Well, this is the one scene I remember because he looks at Seamus, and Seamus looks like a junior hire. The ref looks back at Kyle and says, yeah, whatever, kid, and starts the game. Well, we see a full-grown adult facing down Kyle. So two leprechauns playing on two opposite sides of the field, and they're playing for keeps. Well, at the top of the backboard is Kyle's granddad in chains. Because Seamus says, if you lose, I get to keep your granddad. Right. And I get you as my slave. Exactly. I'm just going to clean house here. And so the granddad's sitting there, and they know they don't have any luck between them. But the granddad has an idea. And what's this idea, Chuck? So he tosses a, I guess a quarter is uh-huh. what it would be. He tosses a quarter to Kyle's friend. He says, hey, this is a good lucky coin. Go ahead and, you know, hold on to it. It's for you. Of course, right. the, the friend says, no, I'm going to go tell him. I'm going to go get the no, Kyle. It's specifically for you. Well, the granddad it says for you. it won't work for Kyle. It will only work for you. Yeah. Now, we know some things are afoot here, right? Because the O'Reillys don't have any luck anymore. But this friend has been living in Kyle's shadow the whole movie, right? He's a good basketball player, but he can't touch the rim like Kyle can, right? right? He's a good basketball player, but he doesn't get the limelight like Kyle does. No. Right? He's a good basketball player, but his dad doesn't get to watch him clean house like Kyle's parents get to watch him clean house. But now he has a lucky coin from a leprechaun that only he can see. So what happens, Chuck? Well, he acts as if he is Michael Jordan in the finals. Oh my gosh. Ain't nothing can stop him, and right? Nothing's gonna... Luck is on his side, right? He can steal the ball, he can shoot the ball, he can pass the ball, he can intercept the ball, he can do anything right. that he wants to do. So everyone is cheering him on. He is living the moment, right? He is sinking those baskets. He is getting those turnovers. His dad is cheering him on. He is in the limelight. But it's just a placebo effect, right? Exactly. Because Kyle goes to his granddad and says, Granddad, we don't have any luck. And he basically says, yeah, but he doesn't know that. So he's using this placebo effect to give him confidence. And this allows Kyle to do the same, to dig deep. And realize that luck is within us. It's not about luck. It's about what we want to be. And so Kyle begins to play his little heart out. But the thing about it is he doesn't get to share the limelight like he does with his friend. No. Now, instead of being the number one player, what is Kyle playing, Chuck? He is playing basically as the assist guy. Support. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not about Kyle anymore. It's about the team. It's about the team. 
which is a huge lesson for Kyle. Because of his luck, he's always been the star player. It's not about Kyle anymore. It's about teamwork. And teamwork makes what work, Chuck? Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. And sure enough, they put Sheamus in his place, and they win this game fair and square. And so Sheamus says, oh, you beat me. Oh, I bet you're celebrating. You get your luck back. That doesn't matter. You're sending me back to Ireland at the shores of Lake Erie. Will son begin to learn your geography because it's not Erie, it's Irie. And he says, yeah, but I'm not sending you back to Ireland. Kyle affirms to him that he's sending him to the land of his fathers, which is where, Chuck? Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. On the banks of Lake Erie. Erie. And so uh, Seamus is sent off to his eternal um, punishment. And after that, they get to celebrate their big win. And as they're celebrating their big win, Mr. Lopez, who is the love interest's father, comes and says, where have you been all day? Right? This is probably my favorite scene, to be honest with you, Chuck. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he's, he's grilling his daughter. His daughter makes the point that she's never been able to play basketball mm. because her dad's obsessed with her getting into med school. There's a lot of parents out there that are putting pressures on their children to get into certain programs, do something specific with their life. This dad is no different. But Mr. O'Reilly of the Emerald Isle Potato Chip Factory, who now has his luck back, mm -hmm. tells Mr. Lopez, well, your daughter has been talking to me about our scholarship program at Emerald Isle Potato Chips. What kind of scholarship is this, Chuck? It's a full-ride full scholarship. scholarship. But we like to see our students be a bit well-rounded. Doesn't your daughter play any sports? And the dad says what? The dad says, well, and you can see in his face, he's rethinking everything that he's telling her right, to do. Right. And so he's like, well, crap, now i got to make a decision. Oh, yeah, she can play sports. And he literally says, oh, she's going to she's play basketball next year. Next year. What a liar. This guy, <laughs> his daughter has an odds at a scholarship, so he says, oh, yeah, she's playing ball next year. You know, she's going to be a well-rounded, she's going to be a great student, a great athlete, she's going to have the whole package, she'd be perfect for your scholarship. Moral of the story is a little luck goes a long way, right, Chuck? Exactly. So we end this movie, this wonderful movie, teaching us about heritage, and family, and fate, and luck, and confidence. How does this movie end, Chuck? This ends in probably, I'm going to insert my opinion here, sure. it probably ends in the most cringe-worthy way. Okay. Because it's Heritage Day. It's Heritage Day. And Kyle Johnson gets up to perform his Heritage Act. Which he starts by doing an Irish jig. Right. You know, some Irish river stomp. River stomp. But he's wearing what? He's wearing a Cleveland Browns shirt. Okay. And then what does he do? And then he stops for a moment. Oh, and there's and an American flag behind there's him. There's an American Not flag. Not an Irish flag. An American flag. Yeah. And he makes kind of like a little quick impassioned speech. About how they're all part of this country. Mm -hmm. This melting pot. This right? melting pot. The and great he, American melting pot. And then he starts to sing in this what land. what does he sing? This land <laughs> is my land. This land is your land. This land is your land. This land is my land. <laughs>
And it cuts to black. It ends with everybody singing it, too. This land is your land. This land is my land. Do you hear us? So, what a film. Right, Chuck? What a film. There were highs and lows. Oh, there were highs. Oh, there were lows. There were cringe moments, and there were moments of smiles, right? This movie had it all. But how do we even begin to unpack this, Chuck? Like, that's the summary. That's the film. But what do we do as far as reviewing it? What did you think of this film? How do you, how do you even react to this? I think I have to take an ibuprofen for the headache. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this film... I can't believe, so when I watched it, it was 2001, uh, release date is March 9th, I remember it coming out. This is the strange part, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, because when you said the release date was 2001. Right, I didn't say what the date was. No, you just said 2001. Yes. So what happened on September 11th, 2001? Exactly, 9-11 happened, which was the two planes hit the Twin Towers were hijacked by um, Islamic radicals, yes, I believe, and from crashed, Saudi Arabia. Crashed them into and the crashed Twin Towers. two planes into the Twin Towers in New York City. Killing as well 3, as the 000. Pentagon. Yep. Killing many, many Americans. It was a, the first attack on American soil yes. since Pearl Harbor. Yes. Right. Now, watching this film, I could have sworn that this would have come out after 9-11, right? Because exactly. of how patriotic it was. It was this weird message of American nationalism and all of the cultures that go into making America. You know, they represented cultures left and right. They represented Spanish culture. They represented Irish culture. They represented Native American culture, although they called Native Americans Indians the whole time. Come on, channel, we can do better. But overall, they repped everybody's culture and really highlighted how this, this country really is a melting pot of cultures. It is. So I could have sworn this would have come out post 9-11. No. But it came out pre-9-11, It came right? out March 9th, This is so strange to me. It almost makes me kind of feel conspiratorial. Like, why was this film made in the way it was made? Why did it have such a, an America first, I'm proud to be an American then? Like, why do you think that? Uh, you know, back then, so I was a, when 9-11 happened, I was a senior in high school, okay? And when this movie came out, I was a junior in high school. And I don't remember any type of, you know, it was a peacetime thing. Right. Nobody was at war. We Who was president? Anything. Was Clinton president? No, it was Bush that was president. Bush, Bush, Bush just right. became president. Just became president. And, uh, you know, he was doing his thing and people, mm-hmm. you know, of course media kind of made fun of him here and there for, you know, misspeaking right. words yeah, and stuff like that. A lot of things. Which is okay. And so, you know, there wasn't this war. There wasn't this war on terror, this war on you know, you had two There was wars a war on time. drugs. There was a war on drugs, right. a war on homelessness uh-huh. kind of thing going on. Right. But there wasn't like where people came together after nine eleven. Right. And so this came out in March, and then you had 9-11 that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's September. September, right. Um, and there was this unified spirit in America during 9-11. Right. Which everything came to churches. Right. Everything people, after 9-11 was very patriotic. You know, we I see this. Someone made this point that 9-11 kind of changed country music forever. Because pre-9-11... 
Country music was about living off the land, celebrate the family, you know, living with your roots, investing in your town, right? Your truck, your tractor, your your trailer, your farm, your dog, your wife, right? Post 9-11, it became very patriotic. Okay, I'm proud to be an American. I'm um, here to kick Osama's right. We're butt. we're we're gonna go we're gonna yeah. go get him. Right? Yeah, we are gonna make these wrongs right. Yep. There was very much an emphasis on our country in defending our land because what happened? Our land was attacked mm-hmm. on our soil. I understand it. What I don't understand is why did this film have such a patriotic bend before 9/11? You know, living back then and kind of being how old I was, mm-hmm. there really wasn't, I don't think that there was. I lived in the Midwest. Was I lived in Missouri. That, was it just that there was a time of peace and prosperity? Yes. Were so. people proud to be an American because America was a great country? I, mean, I don't know. I was too young to remember. They were, but it wasn't like what it was after 9-11. Right. We, we held up, we placed on a pedestal police and mm-hmm. firemen mm-hmm. and EMTs mm-hmm. and the military. And it's right. still kind of an echo today. Very much so. There's there's some echoes about this. So I, I have to ask this question, Chuck. I, I don't know this about you. You say you're a senior during 9-11. Mm-hmm. Does that have bearing upon your enlistment in the military? I know uh, you're, you're a military veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, but did that have a, a bearing on your enlistment? It it kind of did. Okay. Um, it was so nine eleven happened, and I went off to college. I didn't enlist until two thousand six, but there was this war that was going on. You had Operation Iraqi Freedom, and you had Operation Enduring Freedom, and Operation Enduring Freedom was more Afghanistan. And when I went in, like the reason I went in, not a lot of people know this, is there was this kid, his name's Rex, um, and I think his last name's Slew, if I can't remember. I just knew him by Rex. Uh, his first name was Rex. Well, anyway, he was in Iraq, and he was a Marine, and he was killed the day I went to boot camp. Wow. And so I want, I didn't have a reason why I was going. I, I went into the recruiter's office. I was originally going to be an Army National Guard guy. Mm. And the Marine recruiter was talking to me at one point because I kind of was splitting my attention. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, everybody then, you know, it was, I, we want to kill terrorists. And right. So, um, you know, what do you say to your recruiter? Well, I want to go across and I want to start stacking bodies. Right. And um, which is, let's be honest, that's got to be a natural reaction. Yeah, right? you're you're angry. You want justice. Yeah, yeah. And so, right, it makes sense that we have an enemy. Mm-hmm. We want to go after that. Enemy. We know who that enemy right. is. Right. It's very much kind of a call back to World War Two. And, very much so. You know, there's that evil that's out there, and that's what kind of happened back then. Is you had a proverbial, the media was playing on, this is who's bad, and this is who we're going to go after. Right. Yeah, so. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. That's, um, you know, I, I never knew that, but it makes sense, right? It mm-hmm. makes sense that that's what will be happening. So, I don't understand why this film is weirdly propagandal in nature, but it kind of is. And so, I, I would say that overall, this film is one that I think people forget about. It's kind of a fever dream, but I don't think it works today. No. You know, I think in 2001 it works. When you think about the context of everything that's happening in the world, and especially after 9-11. Post-9-11, yeah. 2001. Oh, gosh. Post-9-11, 2001. This film was a 
Oh yeah. Right? Anything um, anything American. Right. Anything that had the American right. dream in it that Absolutely. supported any type of law enforcement or any type yes. of military. Yes. It was it didn't matter. Yes. And that's yes. probably why this film probably stick stuck around mm-hmm. because it was released right before. But I don't know, like I get it. I I understand the time, but I always say that people are products of their environment, because we are. We're products of who invests in us as a child. We're products of what we read, what we watch, the music we listen to, the news we consume, the media we take. We're just products of our environment. I think this film is probably a product of its day. Yeah, you know, definitely. It was, it was charged with several messages that didn't have to be in there. But truth be told, the first 20 minutes of this could have been a Dateline um, TV episode. Because we're watching it, and his parents keep getting real squirrely about his heritage, where he comes from, what he is. It almost makes you wonder if he's not been kidnapped. Yeah, I think he was. I thought he was kidnapped as a baby. You hear those stories, and again, these are like Dateline made-for-TV movies of someone switched at birth or kidnapped as as a toddler raised as somebody else's child and realizes later in life they've been kidnapped, you know? These are crazy, crazy tales. Well, I guarantee you that someone savvy out there could recut the first 20 minutes of this to be a Dateline episode. Like, I'm sure it's been done. Someone on YouTube has been creative, but it's really weird to begin with. And when you mix that in with all these mixed messages about American um, ideology as well as kind of individualism and making your own luck and your own fate. I don't know. It just, I don't know that it lands for me, to be completely honest with you. Did it land for you? It, uh, no, it missed the mark. Completely missed the mark. Like, it was, you could tell that it was an honest, I guess an honest attempt. Like, at trying trying to be like, well, we're all part of the same family. We're all trying to bring these people in. Uh, You know, it's not just, uh, you know, an African American. We're one race. We're we're all the the human race. The human race, yeah, very much so. Very much humanitarian. But I just don't know. I don't think it works today. I think it's kind of insensitive by today's standards. It's very stereotypical, wouldn't you say? There's a lot of corned beef and cabbage jokes. Yep. Right? A lot of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow jokes, you know. And here's the thing. I know that recently, um, I told you this today, the Seuss Foundation, right, which are the owners and the um, custodians of Dr. Seuss's work, decided to uh, stop printing certain books that they felt were insensitive to individuals' cultures. Some people have said that this is a product of cancel culture, that this is... This is a decision that was influenced by the perspective of the day. Um, I don't know about all of that. But what I do know is it's very important to be respectful of people's cultures, especially in film. And when you are representing a people's culture in film, you want to make sure that you are giving an honest representation of people's cultures, which is why I don't know that this film works in 2021. Okay. 20 years ago, I think it worked fantastically. Today, I think people might have a lot to say about it. You know, what What, what do you think? It has been 20 years since it, it came out. It has been 20 years. Yeah, it, it has. You know? I just looked at the date. Yeah. Shoot. It's, uh, it's Shoot been over day. 20 It's been over 20 years. Right. Uh, there's one thing that happened in the movie that I wanted to say 
which was really mm-hmm. interesting, which was the friend who's the African-American. Mm-hmm. He says this one line in the movie right. when they're in the car during the right. rainstorm. Because the girlfriend's pointing out how the Irish took jobs. Yeah, they took jobs and they did all this stuff. That nobody else yeah. wanted, right? Even though they were, which is very true, it's a part mm-hmm. of American history, mm-hmm. the Irish were just beaten and like... They built the railroads with the Chinese. Yes, right? and they were... Practically slave labor at one time. Basically, like just a step above slave labor. Yeah, just a hair above. And the friend who's this, you know, it's supposed to be in junior high, which I don't believe. I don't believe it. They say they're junior hires. I don't get it. They're all high schoolers. They're all looking high school aged. But he says this one line in this moment while it's raining, and he says, at least you got paid. At least you got paid. Which was an allusion back to slavery. slavery. Yeah, during the 1800s and even before that. It's tackling some pretty good topics. It's trying to, right? I just don't know that it lands by today's standards. I don't think it needs to be canceled. No. I don't think people are, are giving public outrage to this representation in media. But I think it's important that if you're going to represent a people or culture, that you do your homework. That's all I'm advocating. And I think they did their homework in this film. But the way they chose to go about it, I think, was corny. Yeah. I think it was kind of hokey. Right? The jokes were not that the great. jokes were not that great. They were low-hanging fruit. I half, I half expected them to make a joke about breakfast cereal at one point. You know? I was hoping. Lucky Charms. You know? Like, I, it's that kind of humor. Right? And I just don't think it lands today. So, you have anything else to add about the review of this film? You know, I liked it overall. It, I, I, it had its moments. It, it did have its moments. Right? I liked it. I didn't like it. I think the fact that uh, the corniness, like the very last scene, because that's what you hate. Oh my gosh! Movie right? And the last Shoot. scene is what what put me over the edge. Because the first scene is Kyle stressed about Heritage Day. What is his heritage? And truth be told, as an individual who doesn't necessarily know his own heritage. You know, I know some on my, my mom's side. My dad's side of the family is kind of a mystery. I'd love to take one of those 23andMe tests. I haven't done so yet. Um, I probably will in the future. But the fact of the matter is, is that I get it. Like, people's heritage is important. You want to know where you come from. But then to end in such a way as where Kyle says, it's not about where you've come from. It's not about what happened in the past. It's about what's happening now. And to end with a kind of corny, I'm proud to be an American solo, it just doesn't land. It doesn't if land for me. They could have done better and done the, so the, many, the so song, many I'm proud to be an American, every yes. cracked a cold one. Yes, and they could have done it in the credits. In the credits. They didn't have to do it in the, in the main movie, right? Yeah. They could have done it in the credits. It would have landed just well. People still would have loved it, but I just I didn't I didn't I think it fell kind of short. It fell flat, you know. It so, really did. So with that being the review, let's move on to the grading standard. Now here at the Bean Movie Podcast, there's three kinds of grades we can give to these films: a B plus, which means that it's so bad that somehow it works, right? You want to tell your friends about it. You want other people to watch it with you. It's so bad, it's good. Then you have a B, which is, this is okay. I don't know that I would ever watch it again or tell people to watch it, but I've seen it once. And then you have a B- minus or a BM, which means this is a stinky pile of poop. 
I had to stop myself from gouging my eyes out with a dull spoon. It's that bad. So on a B plus, B or B minus scale, where do you put this movie, Chuck? I I honestly because the whole movie I would have been like B. Mm-hmm. The last scene is what Man, got me when rough. everybody in unison stood up and started singing, "This land is our land. This land is your land." I'm gonna go with the B minus because I I legit wanted to. Ouch, my eyes out with the dull spoon. And you're a veteran. And I'm a veteran. Our United and States military. And I've seen people get really super patriotic, right. especially when they learn that stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I value your input there. You know, I think that that's great. I myself am going to probably give it either a really low B or a higher B minus. I think it's probably worth you watching this movie once. I don't know that I'm going to recommend it as one of those B-movies that really grabs your attention. Like, I didn't want to gouge my eye with a dull spoon, but there were a lot of moments where I went off about this movie, right? Especially at the end. You started screaming at the end. Oh my gosh, it ended in the corniest way possible. Like, I get it, I get it. And it's a wonderful message that they're trying to portray, but they did it in the most junior high assembly fashion that they possibly could have. They phoned it in. They phoned it in. They phoned it in. They phoned it in. Which which brings me back to, I think it's a conspiracy. I think they knew. I don't know. Not I don't really. know. Not really. But, like, it makes, makes fellow water, don't it, you know? <laughs> no. And I, I appreciate all the, the service that we've gotten from the men and women in the United States military. I really do. And I, I don't want to make, you know, I, I don't want to make light of 9-11. It's a terrible atrocity that happened on American soil on par with Pearl Harbor. Right. I don't want any Americans to die. No. I appreciate the individuals who work to keep our country safe and secure from threats both domestic and foreign. But the point is that this this just doesn't work. I don't think it works in 2021 and beyond. It worked in 2001 and 2002, but I don't think it works today. Right. So I think solid... Eighty, eighty, or seventy-nine percent, like B, B minus at most. So that's my grade. So here's the question, Chuck. The question that nobody has asked. The absolutely needless question we have to answer: Is this better or is it worse than the B movie with Jerry Seinfeld? So Chuck, we have kind of an interesting situation here. Because typically when we review movies, we look at the box office numbers, right? Right. Well, why can't we look at the box office numbers for The Luck of the Irish? It it was straight to the Disney Channel. Like, they produced it specifically for the Disney Channel. A made-for-TV movie. So, a made-for-TV movie was not released in movie theaters. Right. So, it can't really have a box office. So, what do you do with that? You go on Rotten Tomatoes, and you look up... Critic score, critic score, and audience score. score. Right. So but let's problem, let's take a look. Right. What's the problem there? The problem is is for the luck of the Irish. There is no critic score. There's no critic score. But there's an audience score. Okay. So we have to understand that. Look, we're going to answer this question: Is it better or worse than the B movie? But to do that, we have to take out a couple of variables that we normally look at. There's no box office score. There's no critic score. The only thing that we have to go off of is an audience 
Bowl score. So in the B movie, the critics score was fifty three percent. Well, no, the critics score no, was no, no. a perfect fifty percent. Fifty percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until recently, until we just checked it because just a few minutes, we uh, well, like an hour ago, at the beginning of this recording, and it's forty nine percent there. It has went down one, which is kind of a sad day. Yeah, because that means that less people liked it than did like it. Right. Okay. As far as critics, I hope that that fifty percent rating returns because that's the gold standard for my podcast. Okay, <laughs> I really hope it returns. But with an audience rating, we found that the B movie had what, Chuck? It had fifty three percent. Okay, fifty three percent. So this means that more than half of the individuals who were polled liked this movie then didn't like it. That's a fair assessment. Well, what did the luck of the Irish have as its critics rating? Or as no, its audience, audience score? score? Audience score was the same. It was 53%. 53%. So here's where we have to take a hard look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what do we do with the Being Good podcast when the only metric we really have to go off of is a an audience score. So here's what I, I think what we should do. We should assess it based on our own audience score. I think that's the truth. Because we liked it okay, right? It wasn't that great. It wasn't a blockbuster. It didn't have a lot of names to it. Had mixed messages and kind of suffered from the writing. I don't think it's better than the big movie. I really don't. But I understand why some people would like it and give it the grade they did. What do you think, Jeff? I'm going to go opposite side. Oh? Yes. I'm going to say, so even with it being as cringy and as corny as Look at Irish was, uh-huh. it still, it still does not promote no way. bestiality the way the B-movie does. Okay, look. Look. I get it. Right? It was a It was... It's one okay. I can understand leprechauns being real. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame. I'm a fan of Notre Dame sure. fighting Irish. I see them on TV every Saturday that they play football. Wow. Maybe some days when they play basketball, if they're in the NCAA tournament. Wow. I do not ever see a bee talking to me or falling in love. No way. I would not do no it. Way. I would not do it. I put them back in Chuck, the sand. Like, bees Go are so away. important. Did you know that bees pollinate so many of our plants? Dandelions are very important for bees because that's where they get the primary source of their pollination. Like, without bees, we would just be screwed. Like, our crops would be would be just, uh, just, just, we would have a terrible time without bees. I think the bee movie serves a purpose to kind of help people understand the role of bees in nature, right? That's why I love it, I think, the most. Not because it's a great movie. Not because it's a it's an interesting animation or it has a good cast, but truthfully, I believe that bees are important. So I think that this movie is not better than the bee. Like, I, I it's strange that we have a split jury on this one because <laughs> I don't think it compares at all. To be completely honest with you, well, I am not a fan of Jerry Seinfeld. Really, I never liked his stuff. Okay, is there why? Well, well I, I like Larry Larry David. I yes, think it's a, it, very he, funny. Curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm. He is a love great writer. Just fantastic. I am in stitches every time I watch that. Jerry Seinfeld just falls. I don't find him funny. Really, he falls flat for me. Is it his persona? You think? 
I think it's because he has this arrogance about it. Really? That, like, he was the hot show at okay. a time, and maybe before he became, you know, right. big with the Seinfeld show. I will say, there was a Larry David interview. Have you seen this interview with Jerry not. Seinfeld? It's worth, it's well worth watching. Um, if you want to, look up the Larry David interview with Jerry Seinfeld, because Larry was not terribly aware of Jerry's success. Okay, He didn't know that he had the number one sitcom on television at the time. He wasn't aware of why the show was ending. They wanted to go out on top. They chose to end the show and ended up being told to end the show. But Larry David asked a question, you know, did the network cancel you or did you cancel yourself? And Jerry just basically goes off. Basically, Larry King, do you know who yeah. I think I am? Like, do you know who I am, Larry King? Like, yep. I went out on top. I was the king of sitcoms. Like, you should know who I am. And I found that to be very condescending, to be completely honest exactly. with you. Because I don't think it's about, like, you can have success. But what does success do to you? That's the question I want answered. And truth be told, I think Jerry has let fame go to his head just a little bit. And truthfully, as a human being, I can't say that I would act indifferently, right? Like, I don't know. I, don't, I have not been in that show or in those shoes. But I think if I had a really successful sitcom that I was a household name, I might act the same way. You know? It's a possibility. It's kind of a gut that. check. Right. But I also understand the arrogance of that you're highlighting there with Jerry Seinfeld. And I just looked this up, but here's a fun fact. Bees are not the most, like, significant pollinators. Right. It's mosquitoes. Okay. 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 Okay, look. But they're still blood-sucking I, parasites. I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to pollination, bees are doing us a service. They are doing us. You know? And they give us honey. Which they, matter. they matter. They yeah. matter. Right? I don't think the world could live without bees. Except in the bee movie, they sued the human race. That's true. Which was uncalled for. Uh, was it? Was it? It was definitely uncalled for. I don't know that it was. I mean, you know, maybe if it was, what's his name? Uh, okay. Ray Liotta? Okay. Okay, definitely right. uh, sue him. But I think I have the end-all, be-all <laughs> analysis for this. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Desert Island movie. You get to choose... For the rest of your oh, life, crap. you have access to the B-movie with Jerry Seinfeld or Luck of the Irish, Disney Channel original movie. You're stuck on an island, and the only piece of media that you can consume for the rest of your life is the B-movie or Luck of the Irish. What do you choose? That's a good one. Well, you know, so I'm a former Marine. Okay. I'm going to have to say, because gut reaction here, I'm going to have to say Luck of the Irish. Really? Because of the really? last thing, this land is your land, my marineness will get me off the island. I will build no! a boat out of the animals no. and skins that I, you know, take over. I don't believe you. I will build an army. I don't believe you. This I will, is not that I will kind come of... Back. No, this I will is come not back. that kind of question. You're not getting off the island, Chuck. I You're have to get off the island. stuck on the island. I will swim. Oh, man. I will die with shark. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the B-movie. I'm taking the B-movie. I'm taking the B-movie. I think it's going to be more entertaining. I think it's going to have a lot more mileage out of it. I think it's going to I think it's gonna let me persist in my current condition on the island. I think it's going to give me strength to go on. I 
I think the luck of the Irish would make me mad enough to try and get off the island. Right. Okay. That's okay. Possible. Okay. If anger is your motivator, it is I my motivator. It. I get that choice, but I just don't think I don't think it lives up to the B movie. I don't. I really don't. So you're allowed to have your um, opinions, <laughs> but this is my Fine. podcast. So I don't think it lives up to the B-movie. But uh, it's definitely a film that's worth watching once. I think that's a fair assessment. I think so, yeah. Um, but I don't think this is going to be what you're popping into your VCR every St. Patrick's Day. No. I think it's one of those that misses the mark in that kind of arena. Chuck, do you have any other comments to add? Any, anything that you'd like to highlight or talk about before you go? I really don't. Do you have any... You have anything else to add? I don't think so. I, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Is there any projects you're working on or things you'd like to have people follow you on? Or? Yeah, um, I want you to follow actually two nonprofits. Can okay. I do that? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Um, the first nonprofit is what we call CSRM. It's a project. It's a nonprofit I work for. Um, kind of on the back end, I don't get paid by them. Okay. Uh, it's Church Sports and Rec Ministries. That's okay. What they do so they go into churches and they help set up. Uh, sports and rec ministries, which okay. is one of the big things, especially overseas. Sports is allowed anywhere, but maybe not like Christian organization. Right. The other one that I'm really passionate about uh, here in Missouri uh, that I currently work for, and I'm doing a big push on a project, is Rescue Innocence. Okay. Now, they are an organization that helps stop human trafficking Okay. Um, here in mid-Missouri, but we are doing meetings with the Attorney General and lawmakers here in the state of Missouri to help get us into local law enforcement facilities to do sting operations okay. to shut down human trafficking. So, yeah, wow. human trafficking is a big thing. That is awesome. Yes, it is a very big thing. Uh, slavery still exists today. Yes, it does. And a lot of the time it takes place in human trafficking. But, Chuck, thank you so much. And if you want to reach out to the B-Movie podcast, maybe you have some opinions about Luck of the Irish. Maybe you have some opinions about how it measures up compared to other films or the B-Movie. And you want to reach out to us. If that's the case, you can reach out to us in a myriad of ways. You can follow our Facebook page at the B-Movie Podcast. Again, that's the letter B. The B-Movie Pod on Twitter, at the B-Movie Pod. Or on Instagram, the B-Movie Podcast. Again, the letter B. You can also write in to us at thebmoviepodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to include an email or a suggestion for a future episode or a movie that you'd like to see us cover or comments that you've had about this episode. We'd love to hear. Again, if you leave a five-star review on any sort of podcast platform, we will read it for you. So please do us a favor, like, comment, subscribe, and leave a review. But until next time, uh, Chuck, thank you for uh, being with us, and uh, we look forward to having you back sometime. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. So thank you. We appreciate your support, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Boo-boo, boo-boo, boo-boo.